welcome everybody to episode eight of the He Said, She Said podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve, joined by my co-host as always, Ashley Spivey. Ashley, how are you? Doing pretty great. How are you? I'm good. We got uh, two callers this week. We've got Dana in Tampa, who has issues with a mother who drinks too much. And we've got Marissa in North Carolina, who has her boyfriend that she lives with recently lost his job and is kind of the relationship has kind of gone south since then. So two interesting phone calls, very different, uh, but both, uh, I think, are very interesting and probably relatable to people out there that maybe don't want to come forward. And as we as we talk about every episode, if you want to be on this podcast, email myself or Ashley, DM us, whatever you want to do. If you want to remain anonymous, that's fine. We can do that. Half the callers on the show have, have used different names than what they really are. So... Uh, if you want to be on a future show, by all means, contact myself or Ashley in any way, shape, or form, and just let us know you have Skype. Let us know what time zone you're in and when the best times of the day for you to record, and uh, we can we can get that done for you. Uh, so that's something. Have, then. Go ahead. I was going to say, I have a, a question to kind of start things off. <laughs> okay. uh, do you feel like you can be friends with exes? And do you think that's okay to be friends with an ex if you're in a relationship? Oh, that was my next question. Was it? Oh, it was. It gonna, no, no. Was, was it going to oh. be followed? Was it going to be followed by if you're in a relationship? Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, there's no universal answer. It's it's a case by case basis. I I think you can still be friends with that person, but what form does that friendship take on? Is it constantly hanging out with that person more so than your significant other? No, that's not acceptable. Is it I, – I, there's so many different, I think, layers to this. It's not just a yes or no. Uh, but in when I look at it, if I was in a relationship and my girlfriend was friends with her ex, I would be fine with it. As long as boundaries weren't crossed, as long as she's not going on one-on-one nights out with him, um, right? As long as she, but it would not, be okay to talk to him, like if they like texted and they like talked on the phone. I guess, I guess, once again, it's the levels of it. Are they texting yeah. nonstop all day, every day? That would be excessive, <laughs> right? Um, but is that guy in a relationship? Does his girlfriend know that he's like? There's so many different layers to this, and I I don't know. I mean, I don't think there's a universal answer. I think everybody treats it differently. There are some people that, I guess, controlling people that are like, no, you are not right. allowed to be friends with any of your exes. I mean, we know what happens out there, and some people drop all their old friends and exes when they get a new boyfriend or girlfriend. It happens. Right. Yeah. Um, where do you stand on it? Uh, well, I mean, the reason why I'm asking this question is I, I actually have a story about it, but in my experience, I'm not friends with any of my exes except for one. And I'd say by this point, him and I have been friends longer than we actually dated. So that it seems weird to like give him up as a friend at this point. Um, all of my other boyfriends had issues with me staying friends with him, though, except for Steve. I mean, he was still a little weirded out by it, but I always told him, I was like, if you ever met him, 
I think you would be totally fine with it. And so he recently got engaged and came to New York with his fiance. And him and Steve had actually been chatting online about day trading (laughs) or something. So they started talking more than Steve and I. So we went and got drinks with them whenever they came to New York. There's nothing wrong with that. (laughs) No, I know. But all of my friends were like, you're so weird, Ashley. Like, why, why does your brain work in this way? Like, it's just a weird situation. But I didn't think it was weird at all. And if anything, I think it's a very mature thing to do. Wait, I wait, think that wait, when you said Steve started talking to him and started talking day trading stuff, <laughs> this was when he knew that he was your ex, right? It wasn't a random happenstance that these two were talking. And then, oh sudden, yeah, no. Okay, all right. So Steve yeah, went. no. I feel like um, I maybe saw on his Instagram stories my ex that he like had lost a lot of money on Facebook or something. I was like, oh, you should talk to Steve. And then they started talking to each other about it. So your friends think it's weird that the four of you hung out? Or they think it's weird that your ex is now buddies with Steve and they speak on occasion? Or what do they think it's both. weird? They think both of those things are weird. But I think that's just to say, I think it is weird for a lot of people to remain friends with their exes. But I really feel like if the relationship didn't end badly and if you didn't hate each other by the end of that relationship, why wouldn't you stay friends? Well, not to mention, like you said, your situation was you guys have been friends longer than you dated as well. So that kind of puts doesn't make it awkward, I don't think. And then the other thing is your friend is now engaged. Like if your friend, if your ex was still pining over you and was just trying to insert himself in you and Steve's lives, then that yes, that would be weird. But he's engaged. Right. He's engaged now. There's nothing. There, I don't exactly. Think there's, there's no boundaries that are going to be crossed here. Um, yeah. You know, are they going to be your BFFs and you guys hang out every weekend? Probably not. But I, <laughs> I, I don't. But I don't. I don't think there's anything. I don't think there's anything weird by that at all. But like I said, there's so many layers to something like this. There's, you just don't know if it's. I could tell you one instance where the ex, being friends with your ex, doesn't work anymore is if you have a new boyfriend and your ex still wants you. Absolutely not. You can be friends with that guy because he's going to always want more and he's probably going to cross the line at some point. Um, And it's going to put you in a weird position and your boyfriend doesn't need, your new boyfriend doesn't need to deal with that. And uh, because then it's just like, all right, make a decision. Like you want to be your new boyfriend or do you want your ex still pining over you just to give you attention? And that just doesn't work. So that's definitely one instance where it absolutely does not work. But, yeah. But there are so many other factors. How long ago was it? How serious was it? Um, I, there's, there's just too many for it to have a universal yeah. answer. But it is interesting. I feel like after this, I want people to tweet at us and tell us what they think. It's almost you could it, be friends with Meg. It's almost like maybe, maybe in the future we'll do a theme-based show where we will only take calls on, <laughs> we'll say, hey, next episode, episode, you know, 12 or whatever. Or we or we actually start suggesting, because for the most part, we've just said, hey, email us if you have an issue, and we've just gone with it. Maybe, right. maybe for a future episode, we say, hey, we're looking for, you know, like the Steve Harvey show. Hey, we're looking for people that are 13 <laughs> years old and hate their parents or whatever. You know, yeah. um, you know we say- That would be a weird <laughs> 
Well, you know why they came to my mind? Because I was thinking of uh, Cash Me Outside. How about that girl? That's, oh, yeah. <laughs> that's, that, oh, was the, that was the episode that she was on. Like the title of the show was I'm a teenage girl and I hate my parents or whatever it was. So, um, so yeah, no, we, we would just actually throw it out there like, hey, we if you are if you're in a relationship right now and you are still friends with your ex and your current boyfriend has an issue with it or vice versa, you're in a relationship yeah. and your current girlfriend has an issue with you being friends with your ex-girlfriend, call us. I, I think we should do that at one point. We'll definitely do yeah. it. We'll do different themed ones as well. But even though we haven't set up a theme one for a future episode, by all means, if that's currently your situation, we'd love to have you on a future show. Um, for sure. And we take any topics. I mean, I, the one thing that uh, that we have not had a call on in eight episodes is like a real good sex based caller. Like I knew you were gonna say that. <laughs> Why did you know I was gonna say that? I I feel like I feel like I we were talking at some point and you were just like these were all the questions I used to get with Charlene. Oh yeah, well, well you know why? Because Charlene asked for them. <laughs> Yeah, Charlene did ask for him. She's like, "Give us your your sex stuff. I want to talk sex stuff." I'm like, "All right, I'm I'm down," but yeah, we haven't had one of those, which is fine. I mean, we, we'll talk about anything. Um, you said we're not doctors. We're not claiming to be like the know it alls of every single person's problem, and we have all the answers. Yeah. We're learning as long along with you guys, and yeah. um, it certainly helps that you you throw a story out there. It can easily resonate with someone else that's listening. Trust me, we get a lot of listeners to this podcast. I'm not going to break down the numbers for you listeners, but people listen. And if you come on this show, there's going to be a, a good significant of people that I guarantee of the people that listen on a weekly basis. Cause our, our numbers have been pretty consistent throughout the first seven episodes. Um, I, I guarantee somebody that's listening can relate to what you're saying. And for sure. what you said may have helped them. What I've said may have helped them. What the caller said may have helped them, whatever the case may be. So by all means, if you have anything, uh, you know, be a part of it. Just contact myself or Ashley, and uh, we will we'll arrange a time to record a call. So, And by all means, like we said earlier in this podcast, if you are someone that's in a relationship right now and your ex is still in your life and your current significant other doesn't appreciate that, hey, get on the horn with us. We want to talk about that um, uh, since Ashley brought it up. So that, that, that could definitely be a, a future episode themed or not so anyway uh let's let's get to it uh we're ready to go here we go for episode number eight let's get to our first caller all right let's get to our caller she is in tampa florida her name is dana dana how are you good how are you steve I'm hi good. ashley hi <laughs> so dana what uh what do you have going on and uh what are you calling about yeah, so to give both of you some background so you guys can kind of understand like what is getting me to where I am today. Um, I grew up, I guess you could say I had your pretty kind of stereotypical uh, n good, nice childhood. So I grew up, um, had two parents, had an older brother. Um, life was good. Like when I look back on my memories of my childhood, everything was very, um, happy, you know, no major, uh, bad things really happened to me as a kid. Um, I grew up just being very happy. And I think really having parents who set both my brother and I up to be great adults, you know, set us up to have the skills that we needed to, 
to live life now as adults. Um, and yeah, so as I grew up, I guess I would say maybe when I was in high school, um, was when I first started noticing that my mom was drinking and this was something that, you know, at least to my understanding or my knowledge, you know, being a kid, you're not really necessarily laser focused on what your parents are doing all the time. But, uh, when I was probably 16 was when I first started noticing, you know, she would, uh, have a beer by herself. Like all of this really kind of progressed, uh, to where kind of we are now, but that was when I first kind of noticed like, Hey, this is kind of odd. Like, why is she drinking? She doesn't normally drink. Um, but didn't even really think to say anything to her about it. Uh, I turned 18, I went to college and once I graduated from college, I moved back home for a couple years. So was fortunate enough to get a job right out of school, but needed to live at home for a couple years to save up money before I moved out on my own. And, um, this was when I, it started really getting bad. So like, uh, my mom didn't work at the time. So like she was at home, I would come home from work, she would be drunk and I was, you know, very concerned for her. And so I would start asking her like if she was okay and she would make up excuses. So, uh, this, it, it just kind of, I don't know. For me, it kind of spiraled out of control because I knew something was wrong. She wasn't admitting to anything. And so, um, yeah, that that is just kind of how it went when I, I lived at home. Um, eventually, I moved out and uh, lived with a girlfriend for a few years and was sort of removed from the situation again. So didn't really notice it quite as much. And, you know, you use the term alcoholic. Like, I don't know that my mom would ever call herself an alcoholic, but that's what she is. And, um, she, to this day has yet, has to, she's yet to admit she has a problem. She doesn't think she needs help. She thinks she can kind of control this all on her own. And so what gets me to, to the question I have for you guys, both being kind of neutral third parties who don't know me, don't know my life is that I'm now married. So, uh, my husband and I got married earlier this year and we um, started talking about, you know, do we want kids or do we not want kids? And um, we recently decided that we are both open to having kids. And so this sort of brings up this whole uh, new world that I don't think either of us have ever really had to think about before. Like, what is bringing a new uh, human being into this world look like? What do we, you know, how do we want to raise this child if, we, you know, if we're fortunate enough that we could get pregnant and could have a baby? So, um, I'm still fairly close to my family. So I talk to my mom frequently and I will tell her, you know, Hey, these, this is the conversation that my husband and I had. Um, and she's very excited about the fact that we're interested in having kids. She wants grandchildren. And so she says things to me like, Oh, well, when you bring the baby home, you know, I can come stay with you guys for the first couple weeks. Um, so that you guys can sleep through the night, I'll stay up with the baby or she'll offer to babysit or be, you know, kind of like childcare services for this potential future child that we may uh, or may not have. And it just, in my mind, when she says these things, immediately I think in my head, there is no way you are, <laughs> you are watching um, 
my child. Like I have lost so much trust in her over the years with just all the, the lying and the deceit and the hiding of things that I couldn't, um, possibly think, you know, that I would leave her alone with a child of mine. And so the question I, I kind of wanted to pose to the two of you is, um, you know, would you both kind of react the same way in this situation? And if so, you know, how would you go about kind of having that very difficult conversation with your mom? Um, if you were me and, you know, how would you kind of navigate this right. whole situation? There are two things that stuck out to me that I, that I have for you. Number one was, do you have any other siblings that have kids? No. Okay. Secondly, you never mentioned in, in in this in this talk. You've never mentioned anything about your dad in terms of where he is with all this. Does he think your mom is an alcoholic? Are they not together anymore? Or where where are you at with your dad? Yeah. Good. So I didn't want to talk for too long. <laughs> I was trying to keep it short. So my parents are still together. They've been married a very long time. Um, he at first I think was in more denial than I was about what was going on with her. And so when I would initially, you know, confront her, so like he and I would both go to work, uh, kind you know, and come home and kind of have to deal with her when we got home. And I think the excuses that she would make or what he would, he would want very badly to believe what she was saying for the longest time that when I would start questioning it, I actually started going to therapy. So my therapist would, you know, share with me things like tips and tricks for how I could, try to talk to my mom, um, and have more productive conversations with her, uh, which didn't really work very well, but it allowed me to be more open with my dad. So, um, he, at this point, uh, you know, we're on the same page, but I, I don't know that he has any idea, you know, personally what he could or should do to help her. Um, but yeah. So he's kept quiet. He's never confronted her about her drinking I mean he's I think he's confronted her so I can think of times when we were when I was living at home where you know he would try to have conversations with her he's told her before that she should get help um but I you know she'll get very defensive she'll stop talking to him when he uh confronts her on it and so I think you know as um bad as it sounds I think for him when that happens he kind of thinks well I would rather have her speak to me and us be on good terms than deal with, you know, living with someone who, um, doesn't talk to me. Kind of Have thing. y'all ever had a, a family intervention where all of you are together and kind of pose the, pose the conversation in a way that you'd let her know that you're all worried about her? Um, my dad and I sort of have, so I do have an older brother. Um, he lives out of state and so he's not, you know, he, uh, travels for work and is just not home. Um, even now that I, you know, my husband and I have our own house, but, um, we're close enough that we can see them often. He is not. So, Mm -hmm. um, my dad and I have, you know, sat down with her and talked to her about our, you know, we have, you know, we're worried about her. We want her to be happy. We want her to be healthy, that kind of thing. The right. more extended family. So like looking at, you know, her siblings or his siblings, like nobody else. Um, it's, it's sort of something 
you know, other than the times that my dad and I sort of chat about it, it's not really something that the broader family talks about at all. I would assume there's other relatives who probably feel the same way we do, just given the fact that um, they've seen her, you know, drink. So I'm sure that they might have uh, suspicions, but it's not really something that, you know, we've taken like a broader family approach to confronting her on. Would you feel comfortable telling your mom that you don't feel comfortable having her watch the baby if she if she chooses not to seek help for her condition? I yeah, I would. It wouldn't I mean I I will have to. You know, I mean, I yeah. think there's a part of me that's already come to terms with the fact that that's something that I will have to do. Because I know I've done as much as I can. It's a tough place to be being her daughter and trying to help her as much as I can, but also knowing that it's ultimately up to her to help herself. So, um, and I sort of have said those things to her before. I think in the past, it, it didn't really feel as real because at the time my husband and I were just dating, you know, we obviously knew where, where we were headed in our relationship. So when we would have those conversations, I would kind of make random comments to my mom and say, you know, if she would offer something like that up, I would say, you know, actually our kids will uh, probably be in daycare or, um, you know, I would tell her like, I don't know that I, like the idea of having you alone with my child because I don't trust you. Like you've lied to me a lot. And, you know, again, depending on um, if she's drinking or not, when I say those things to her, um, I guess either way, she just kind of gets defensive and doesn't really want to talk about it anymore. Like we don't actually end up having much of a conversation. I think she understands what I'm saying and then wants to either change the subject or just gets kind of upset about what I said. So I, you know, part of me just expects that when the time comes for having to actually have that conversation, uh, it would kind of go the same way. So I'm not necessarily afraid to do it. I can just kind of anticipate what her reaction would be, if that makes sense. Right. That makes sense, and I think that you you're on the right track with this. Obviously, this is your if you know if you do end up having a baby, this is your this is your child, and it's it's their well being. You certainly right. don't want an alcoholic handling your child by themselves. Like it, it it's it's a conversation that's definitely going to had have to happen between you and your mother, and maybe you get your dad in it if you don't want to confront her by yourself. Right. But I think you're on the right track. There's no way you wouldn't say, you wouldn't say this. I mean, this is the this is the well-being of a child. You Yeah. There's no way you're putting her in the hands of your mother who you obviously mentioned she's an alcoholic and and she drinks a lot. Like what is the extent of her drinking? Is she is she someone that is drinking is she drinking every day? Is she just when she socially drinks, she drinks too much and or is she drunk every single day? Yeah, I don't know if I can completely answer that question. So what I will say is when I was living at home, more often than not, when I would come home from work, she would seem like she was drunk. Mm. And so at that point, it seemed like it was an everyday kind of a thing. Um, What I will say is uh, I'm not living at home anymore, but there are times I will talk to my dad and um, he'll say that it seems 
like the everyday type of drinking is getting better. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. you know, like if he's home or if there's like family come, you know, if there's, if there's reasons where she's going to be interacting with other people during the day, she does not. And she's able to not. Um, but then it just goes to the fact that, you know, when she's out with, um, friends or at, you know, celebrations or occasions, she, drinks too much or she has to drink in some capacity. And so that was, you know, the thing I've told her in the past is why don't you just not drink? You know, like, not that you like, just what would make me feel better is just you not drinking. And it doesn't ever seem like that is something that can be sustained for very long. Um, I think with, with alcoholism, it's very hard to try to get the person to change their behavior Um, I think in terms of speaking with them, the best you can hope for is to get through to them on an emotional level where Mm -hmm. if you can really convey how worried you are about them, um, especially when they're not intoxicated, because I don't I don't know how much it really gets through when they are. um, That's the best you can hope for, because it's very hard to get people to change their behaviors. Um, also does alcoholism run in your mom's family? Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, um, from what I hear, well, what I hear from her, my grand, my grandfather died when he was pretty young. So I was maybe in like first or second grade. So I don't really remember, uh, him very much thinking back in my memories. She mentioned that growing up, my grandma kind of had a problem with, or, you know, she never says alcoholism, but she mentioned that she kind of had a problem with drinking um, or drank too much. And I think the way she said it was that she got put on some sort of medication that said you couldn't drink. Mm-hmm. And so she just stopped drinking. And to this day, she doesn't drink. I think um, like I, you know, in my time growing up with her, I've never known her to drink. Uh, so I don't, I mean, I would say there's probably some form of alcoholism that does run in her family a little bit. I I just don't know the extent of it necessarily. And you can still speak to your grandmother about it. Do you think she would have any insight to that? Um, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I've, I've spoken to my grandma about it a little bit before, but she doesn't, I don't know. She doesn't seem to like want to okay. uh, yeah, step no, in or she doesn't. Yeah. It's just kind of like a weird dynamic where I think everybody, everybody is concerned, but nobody feels like they should be saying something, which seems very odd to me, especially. Um, but sure. yeah, that's sort of how others in the family kind of deal with it. Yeah. And do you think it seems like that bothered your mom growing up? If she knew that about her parents, I'm just wondering like another way to get through to her. Do you know what I mean? Where you aren't necessarily making her feel as defensive, but trying to appeal to her on some emotional level where she could kind of see where she could identify where we're coming from. Yeah. 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 And I, I don't know. I mean, you know, we, we've talked a lot about her growing up and her childhood. And I don't know that anything, you know, I don't, I don't really feel like I can think of a story 
where she would bring up like my grandma having been drinking and having it had an effect on her or anything like that. For me, you know, obviously this has really affected me. So I think about having kids and, you know, my husband and I have even talked about it. Like I, there's been times where I've said, I'm afraid to have a kid because this does run in our family, obviously. And I wouldn't want, you know, a child of mine, you know, you can't, control stuff like that. But, you know, I've said, I I'm concerned because I wouldn't want a child to have to a child of mine to have to go through something like I'm going through. And, you know, what he'll say to me is that all you can do is talk to them about experiences that you've had in your life and hope that that's something, um, that they'll kind of take with them and it'll resonate with them as they grow up. And so I think for me, definitely what, what my mom is going through, um, resonates with me, but it, from what I can tell, it doesn't necessarily seem like it had the same impact on her, anything that her, you know, parents might have done in terms of drinking. Well, I think that because you aren't even, you know, you haven't, maybe you've started the process of having a child, you've, you've got time to where you can have this conversation with your mother. Right. But I think, uh, that's the, the good thing in, in this is it's not like you're due soon and you haven't had the talk yet or, Whatever the case right. may be, I, I I do think that you have time, but it, it is a talk that needs to be had between your mother and you, and maybe include your dad if you if you want to feel more comfortable about it. But sure. um, I, I think <laughs> Ashley and I both agree that uh, you this is a child that you can't endanger in any way, shape, or form. So right, you would you ever talk to your attend an Al Anon meeting? I have. Um, this was when I was still living at home and I don't know if the, that specific group, I probably went for a good uh, two or three months maybe. Mm -hmm. And I enjoyed it, but I don't know if the group that was there, like everybody that was there was like much older than me. Uh And I think sometimes just, you know, your life experience, like it just, I didn't necessarily feel like I related to many people in the group, but I thought the overall group was, um, great. So I, you know, that is probably something I should consider doing is, you know, now that I'm out of the house and I'm in a new area, like looking for local Al-Anon groups that are close to me and maybe going, you know, starting to go once a week or something like that so that I can have other people who, you know, kind of live in similar situations and, you know, have that type of support. I think that would be a really good idea. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. That's certainly uh, a possibility, but I I mean, hopefully, hopefully this helped a a little bit. And like you said, talking, you wanted to get a a third party uh, thought on this, Yeah. but I, I think what Ashley suggested is certainly something that's on the table. I think a conversation needs to happen especially if you guys do end up getting pregnant and are going to bring a child into this world for sure that Mm -hmm. needs to happen it's not gonna it's certainly not gonna be an easy conversation to have because like you said she's already very defensive and doesn't think that she's an alcoholic and that's right that's gonna be tough but i I think i think if you explain to her like this as a child you're not gonna endanger my child maybe that'll get through to her i don't know but um sure sure yeah and i think conversation that will be be had at some point Yeah. And I've, you know, I guess it's weird to say that fortunately (laughs) I've been going through this for long enough that, you know, I, in, in 
going to therapy, um, Ashley, your idea of going back to Al-Anon meetings regularly, I think is awesome as well. But those tools have helped me, I think, as bad as I know the conversation may potentially be with her. I think I'm strong enough to, to have it. Hearing you guys sort of confirm that, yes, that's something you'll have to do is comforting to hear. But I think, you know, having listened to your podcast and having heard different people call in, I felt like bits and pieces of different stories kind of related to my own. And so I'm hoping that someone may listen to this and may say, I relate to what she's going through in some way. And so maybe there's a way that um, I could help other people as well. So that was something I was hoping for sure. To for sure. Get out of and this Dana, too. I would like to say one thing. Um, I mean, I'm, I, I don't know if you're worried about this at all, but you know, in terms of having an alcoholic parent, I usually feel like the kids are the parents. So <laughs> yeah. one day you're going to be a wonderful mom just because you've been through this experience. And I hope it doesn't scare you. I know we were just talking about you could possibly have a kid who one day might have alcoholism, but I think if anything, going through these issues is going to make you such a wonderful parent that you shouldn't even worry about that right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good to hear. I mean, I don't, yeah, it's, it's just tough. I mean, I think the idea of being a parent in general is scary to just think about the big responsibility. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's something it's kind of always in the back of my mind and I hate that it kind of puts a damper on something that should be very exciting. Um, but the more, you know, the more I talk about it with people and the more that I kind of get the help and support that I need from the people around me, um, it does help. So thank you. Well, thank you, Dana, for coming on. I really appreciate it. I know this probably isn't easy to talk about, but, um, Thanks again for talking about it. I hope we helped in some way, and uh, good luck in the future. Thank you, guys. I appreciate you uh, chatting with me about this. You got it, Keep us updated. I will. Thank you. So thanks to Dana for calling in about that. That's not an easy thing to do. Anytime you have to have a a tough conversation uh, with a parent like that when you're the younger one and you're lecturing them on something, especially if it's something they're in denial about – you know, what do you do? Uh, are they going to keep denying it? Or are they actually going to own up to it? But I think it is yeah. good that we, I think it is good that she will eventually probably say something. She's going to have to, especially if they get pregnant. Yeah. I think it's just such a difficult conversation to have. You know, I, there are ways in which you can go about the conversation and there are a lot of rules for not trying to make the person feel so defensive. And I'm sure she already has those tools at her disposal with seeing going to therapy and going to those Al-Anon meetings. So I feel like she knows what to do. It's just, she just wanted to have someone to talk about it because it doesn't seem like she's getting a lot of help from her family in terms of dealing with her mom. No, uh, that's true. And I should have asked about the brother, if the brother's ever said something, but you know, she does live with, you know, the parents are still married and the dad is in the picture. So I, I think him saying something, too, will ultimately help, you would think. But yeah, you just never know. Uh, it sounds like the mother is in complete denial. So that's certainly not helping things. But um, I don't know. all right, that'll do it for Dana. Now let's uh, get to caller number two. All right, let's get to caller number two. She is in North Carolina. Her name is Marissa. Marissa, how are you? 
I'm good. How are you? Good. Hi, Marissa. Hi. Fellow North Carolina girl, Ashley, are you going yeah. to, uh, is this going to be favoritism here for her? <laughs> no, I'll, I'll try not to play favorites. What part, what, <laughs> what part of North Carolina, Marissa? I'm in Cary. Oh, my mom used to live there. Oh, okay. Oh. Mm-hmm. And I've never heard of it. All right, great. <laughs> Where, it's it's kind of close to Raleigh. Oh, yeah, it's, it's a Raleigh. containment area for relocated Yankees. Yeah. <laughs> relocated Yankees? Yeah. Like Yankee fans? Like the- no, yeah. like people from New York. Oh. <laughs> yeah, people from the North. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> uh, it shows you how much I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so, Marissa, go ahead. Tell everybody uh, what kind of you're, you're dealing with here, and uh, we'll chime in when we feel we need to. Okay, so I moved out here um, last year from California, and I met my boyfriend online um, back, we met, I think it was September, and we were talking, and we hit it off right away. He's 10 years older than I am. I'm 31, and he's 41, and everything was good. We met when I came out here um, the end of November, and we pretty much became official right away, and he... um, in February, he started kind of making a big deal about me moving in with him. And I thought it was really fast. And I said no in February. And he just, he kept bringing it up. Like he, even for Valentine's Day, he gave me a key to his apartment. And he just kept saying that like we could get closer because we were only able to see each other on the weekends at that point. And he just kept saying, oh, come on, just move in with me. Just move in with me. And I finally did in the end of May, beginning, well, I guess beginning of June, and even that was kind of fast for me, but it was still good. Like, we had a good relationship, and we still have a decent relationship. Things just kind of started changing. Like, we're coming up on a year, and he started talking about marriage, and he hasn't even met anybody in my life, and he, he doesn't want to. He doesn't think it's important, and it kind of bothers me, like. I kind of have some issues with my family in California, so it's not even about them, but it's about my best friend that's out here in North Carolina, and she's been my best friend for almost 20 years, and so she's my family, and he just, he's not a social person, and he just kind of, in the beginning, he said he would meet her just to be patient with him, and now he says he doesn't really want to, and I should just respect that, and I just think it's kind of weird. I've never experienced something like that, and then he lost his job in like right after I moved in with him and he was able to take um, his retirement out early. So he has a good chunk of money, but he's kind of just okay with not having a job. He said he'll find something when he can and something that, you know, that seems like a good opportunity will come up and he'll take it then, but he's not really actively looking and he doesn't, I don't know. I feel like his zest for life has kind of gone out the window. And I'm a very social person. And I'm starting to feel like we're more incompatible than I thought we were. And he's even doing weird things that are kind of controlling. Like, I have a kickball team or a kickball game that I'm supposed to go to at work. And he told me that if I went, he would break up with me because he said it's absolutely um, 
inappropriate for a grown woman to be running around on a field in front of other men. And I <laughs> I thought that was oh, the no. weirdest thing ever. And I said, you can come. Like, we're allowed to bring family and friends. You can come. And he just said, absolutely not. I don't think it's appropriate. And he wasn't doing that in the beginning. And so that just kind of happened. And even um, when I was at my best friend's the other day, of course, I invited him. He said no. And um, I left my phone outside and he called me like 16 times in like a 10 minute period and told me I need to have my phone on me. And it's just it just started happening. And I think it's because of he's starting to become more depressed, not having a job, even though he's not really looking. He's gained weight. And I think his insecurities are just like at an all time high. And I think that's where all this is coming from. But I feel kind of at a standstill I don't really know where I should go from here I still want to be with him but I still I don't know I just feel kind of stuck okay I've got a lot to say about this (laughs) okay (laughs) first off just on the periphery here it kind of sounds like a case of the thrill of the chase for him and now that he's got you there's no need to impress you anymore and and whatever. But we'll get to that in a second. I've got some questions okay. about the timeline of things. Um, the okay. first thing I had was, you said you met online. When wh- when did you first have contact with him online? I think it was the middle of September. I uh, believe it was the middle of September of, of last year. Of, of 2017. Okay. Yeah. But I moved here in November. Okay, so from September to November, how many times did you... S- physically see him i didn't i didn't because i was in california okay so you didn't see him for the first time until you moved to north carolina right right a couple days after i moved but the move was pretty much for him right you had no 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 no. okay no i had decided to move in the summertime last year so i i had already decided to move out here oh you had already so is the reason you met him online was because you were looking at like North Carolina dudes yes. or something? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. All right. All right. So that's a big, that's a big question that I had. And you said you had a best friend that you grew up with that lived there. As yeah. Well. She moved out here because her husband's in the military. Okay. So you moved to November, but you, but when you moved there, you didn't move in with him right away. You were... no, no, I was, li- I was renting a room from her. Okay. So then you guys didn't move in till May, right? Yeah, the like June actually it was June first was technically the day I moved in. Okay, all right. Well, that explains the timeline a little bit better to me. I was a little uh, confused on that. What 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 dating app, by the way, did you meet him on? <laughs> on oh god, on Plenty of Fish. Oh, okay. <laughs> what do you know anything about his past relationships? Um. So he has had a few. He was in a, a high school relation. Well, not high school. I'm sorry. College relationship for, I believe, like seven years. They were on and off. Um, okay. And then um, the only other one that was really serious was about a year before he met me. And it, that was like a shit show. She was, she said, he said that was just really bad. She was, she cheated on him with like six different guys. Okay. Where, so is his family is he established in there? Does he have brothers and sisters and family in North Carolina? Have you met these people or is it he just has him? A twin, he has a twin sister and I, I've met her. I've hung out with her quite a few times. Um but she seemed normal. 
Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but he they don't have contact with their mom and they don't have any aunts or uncles or grandparents or anything that are alive. Does he have a lot of friends? Mm -mm. That was something I thought was kind of weird too. Like he hasn't kept in contact with anybody. He, he lived in Virginia for a long time. Uh, that's where he grew up. And he, when he moved to North Carolina, like, I don't know, like 18, 20, no, 20 years ago. Yeah, exactly 20 years ago. He didn't keep in contact with anybody and he didn't really make any new friends. He's just not, he's very much introverted. Okay. Yeah. Well, his job that he got laid off from, how long ago was it you said? A couple months? It was in June. In June. Is this a job that he can easily get replaced or was he like 20 years at this place? And I mean, it's just. Yeah, he was there for 20 years. Um, he he was a probation officer, um, and he doesn't know. He has a degree in, in uh, criminal justice, and he doesn't know if he wants to go back into that field or not. Hmm. I mean, I, I think a lot of things that he is he's doing, it seems like it is stemming from losing a lot of self-confidence with the loss of his job and also being depressed. But I don't know if I like the controlling behavior aspect of this. Yeah. I know. And that's really new, like really in, in the last couple weeks. Yeah. Because that can turn into a form of abuse very quickly. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> did he, did just, he do this? You said it started a couple weeks ago, but so there was never any any signs of this before. Like when you guys were living in North Carolina but separate, he wasn't blowing you up, asking you where are you at now or when are you going to be over no, or anything like that. Not no, not at all. Okay. The only thing that was kind of weird in the beginning was him wanting me to move in so fast, but he would he just said that that was so we could spend more time together. But he didn't seem controlling and didn't really care what i was doing up until a few weeks ago okay yeah that could have just been him frankly being lonely and wanted a partner yeah. you know um right and he felt like you know six months you were out there and you guys were seeing each other probably a lot uh i don't i don't see any issue with that at all but yeah this stuff recently sure i mean these are red flags that they're either red flags that lead to a breakup or they're red flags that need to be addressed and you decide this isn't cool and if you don't knock it off, essentially, I, I can't be with somebody like this. Like, you don't need to call me 16 times when I step out for a little bit. That's, yeah. That's too much. It was just so weird. because Three like times I said, is too much. Exactly. And he has to meet your friends. Like, yeah, that's, that's not too. a life for you. <laughs> yeah, that's a big thing, too, because, like I said, my best friend is, like, my sister, and he just doesn't – he doesn't understand those kinds of friendships because he's never really had it. So he just – he kind of sees it like, well, she's just a friend. Why is it so important? And he, he, he just doesn't understand where I'm coming from with it. Right. Because she's your best friend. She'd want to meet her best friend's boyfriend that she's right. living with. Like – I, the fact that he doesn't see that is kind of bizarre. Like, how, why? Yeah, yeah, why right. wouldn't your Why wouldn't your girlfriend want to introduce you to her best friend? That's kind of how relationships work, and approvals are made about. Hey, you know, you want your family to like him and stuff like that, and friends, and 
You know, you mentioned the but thing about the family. I, I know that you're, you said your family's in California. What do they think about all this? Um, we're not, I'm not really speaking to them right now. I was kind of thinking whenever you said that, I wonder if he thought with your whole family situation, if y'all were going to kind of be like isolated kindred spirits together. And now that you're, you're kind of having your own life and carry, I wonder if that's really bothering him. Um, you know what, you kind of bring up a good point because I have been making some more friends. Like I've met a few people, um, I joined like a hiking group mm-hmm. and I met a few people from that. And then I also have made a few friends at work. And so I, I'm being even more social. And I think that's making him more insecure too, even though I'm not going out drinking or anything, I'm going like hiking into dog parks and to brunch. Like nothing. very normal activities. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I, but I, he, and he doesn't complain when I do it, but I, I just sense, a lot more insecurity. When you say that you're not speaking to your f- parents anymore, does that have to do with this situation, or is this something completely different? No, it was. It had to do with part of the reason why I moved out here. Oh, okay. All right, so it's not like the parents are pulling you to come back and oh, he's no, no. keeping you to stay and anything like no. that? No. Okay. No, they don't even know about him. Oh, well. Yeah, we haven't, we haven't talked in almost a year. Well, over a year, actually. Okay. I guess that's another issue for another day. Oh, yeah. Because, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> obviously, if you're serious about this guy and it leads to something more serious and marriage, like, at some point, your parents got to know that you're in a relationship with somebody, right? Yeah. Oh, man. We could talk for hours. <laughs> okay. Yeah, they're they're my adopted family, but they oh. they don't really... Once I became an adult, I they just don't really care. But gotcha. yeah, that's a I don't I don't think they would care if I got married or not. Okay. Well, let me ask you this: Do you feel like you could marry him one day? I did up until this up until the last couple weeks. Yeah. And do you feel I, like it's worth it to work on it? Because I have to tell you. Working with someone through this level of depression is intense. And if it's already affecting you in a negative way that's making you even doubt if one day you would marry him, I don't know if that bodes well for a future relationship. Well, since you you moved in with him... I know that's right around the time he lost his job, but is it? It doesn't sound like the relationship is like on a day-to-day basis. It doesn't sound like it's great. It just sounds like it's there, and it's just something you, you come home to him, and he just doesn't seem to be motivated to do anything, and doesn't sound like you're having a lot of fancy date nights or even any date nights whatsoever. I mean, maybe you are. I don't know. I mean, uh, it's kind of funny you say that too because I kind of made in the last like two months I've kind of made a point to say we need to go out and do something because he never leaves the house and I feel like he just sits there and like comes up with weird stuff in his head and that's what you know where part of this is coming from and also like it's just weird because he I just don't understand the mentality I guess I've never really understood 
I, I get depression. I understand it, but I've never felt it personally. Right. So have you done any research on it to yeah. try to understand him better? Yes, 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 yes. But it's so hard even reading it because yeah. it just says that they they basically have a lack of ambition for anything. And then I guess another thing to bring up is he I don't have like a super high sex drive, but he did in the beginning and that's out the window. That was going to be my next question. Yep. Yeah, it's it's like every I mean, everyone's different, but it went from being like every other day to now it's like every few weeks. And for us, that's not very often. Yeah. Yeah. Especially because I feel like y'all were still kind of in the honeymoon stage of your relationship. Yeah. And none of my friends, I, I talked to my really close friends about it and they all are just like, you need to leave him. Like they just, they don't even really want to hear it because they're like, no, you need to do better. You just need to leave him. And that's all they want to say about it. Right. Well, just out of curiosity, what do you think would happen if you left him? Do you think he would, or at least threaten to leave? Do you think he would put on a good front and be like, no, I'll do whatever you, I mean, because, because where he is right now, it doesn't seem like he's even willing to change for you. Usually when someone when someone in the relationship confronts the other one about, I'm not happy, things need to change, the other one, if they really want to be in the relationship, will do everything they can to stay in that relationship. You know, what do you need from me? I, I will do better and at least make an effort. It sounds like this guy, what do you think he would do if you went to him and said, if things don't change, I'm done, I'm out of here? Um, I don't know. I worry about his mental state. I don't, I don't think he would really try to change anything, but I, I think he would probably just say, okay, if that's what you want. Well, if that's, if if that's the answer you think you're going to get, then I would leave him because what's the point of staying? This doesn't seem this guy. I mean, I know he's going through stuff and I get it. We all go through stuff. If he wants to be with you, he'd make an effort to try and be with you. If you think his answer is going to be, well, you know, if that's what you want, go ahead. That's a horrible answer i think that only because i feel like he's so far down this dark hole right now that he i feel like he would just be like well what's the point if you don't want to be here i i could just see him saying something like that and i just feel really bad because i feel like if i were going through something i wouldn't want him to give up on me yeah i i I see that, I feel but you're like, not happy. It doesn't sound like you're happy. Yeah. I also feel like in those situations, that usually happens after you've been in an established relationship for a long time. Where it just gets stale yeah. and just kind of bland? Oh, no, but I'm saying having the obligation to stick with someone through something like this. And oh. I get the sense that... He knows that you're not happy, which is why he's exhibiting that type of behavior. I think so, too. And but he's not doing anything to, to change it. He exactly. It. Yeah. What about, has he shown any signs of maybe being suicidal or anything like that? No. Okay. No, but he, oh my gosh, he has put on probably, probably 20 pounds and I try to cook healthy and 
he he'll just order food like on Amazon while I'm gone at work and just eat a bunch of junk food. Wow. And it's it's very unattractive, but I don't say anything. I'll say things like, you know, don't you want to eat what I made? And he's like, no, it's okay. I already ate, you know, some macaroni and cheese. It's just weird because mm. he didn't do that before. Have you talked to his sister about this? No. Mm-mm. But you know what? The last – she has come over – we're supposed to see her this weekend. She came over a couple weeks ago and she even, she kind of said like, what's up with you? You seem really off. And he just kind of got defensive and told her to leave it alone. Yeah. Is she older or I, younger? They're twins. Oh, that's right. They're twins. Oh. Sorry. I feel like if you're feeling worried at all about him and how he's going to be, if you decide to kind of take a step back, because you know, you don't have to completely leave the relationship. You could even just be like, for a while, I feel like I need some space. And you can enlist her to kind of help him through the process. Because it doesn't have to just be on you. It's not just your responsibility to take care of him. Yeah, I think if anything, I definitely need to sit down and have a talk with him and tell him exactly how I'm feeling. Yeah, yeah, I think it, yeah, it I didn't want to make it seem like hey, once we hang up this on this phone call, you need to go dump him. Like no. I mean, <laughs> no. I, something definitely needs to be said and there needs to be you need to make it known how you're feeling, you're not happy anymore. You understand that he's in the dumps because he lost his job and you can see it's affected his eating and his weight and if that's the case, you know, you'll help him get through whatever he needs to get through. But he needs to exert some effort on his end because if he doesn't, then there's going to be, I mean, not an ultimatum, but you know, look, if you don't exert effort, if I'm not happy, then I don't want to, I don't want to be in here. And if you don't want to be, if you're not trying to make an effort to it, to make me happy, why would I want to stay? I mean, I think he'll get the picture. I think you don't have to say like, I'm leaving you if you don't do this, but he'll get the picture, but you definitely need to talk to him and say, and lay down exactly how you're feeling. And you know that he's in the dumps, and you're willing to help him with with whatever he needs to get through, but you need it reciprocated on his end. Uh, yeah, I agree. And I think another good point you guys made is I need to bring up to him that I'm worried about his health, like physically and mentally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, physically is an easy one to bring up because you can see the physical change in his body. Mentally, I, I mean, I it's not going to be easy to bring that up. Like, are you okay? Uh, I, you know, yeah, I, I just feel like he's turned into a different person. Yeah. I think he needs to and, also start looking in the workforce. I mean, maybe once yeah, he gets a he job, says, he can find something and he'll be happier. That's what I thought. You know, at least he'll be interacting with people other than me. Yeah. <laughs> I can really sympathize with his, um, with his situation just because my dad was very depressed growing up and he lost his job when I was in the sixth grade. And then he did not try to get another job until I was probably in college. Oh my goodness. And so his depression was very deep. Um, He did not seek the help that he should have sought for it. And, you know, it really affected my mom and his relationship. Um, and we tried to be there for him as much as we could, but at the end of the day, 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wrong time to have music. <laughs> I was like, what? Stupid auto plays on the computer. God. <laughs> anyway, go ahead. Sorry. Not the right mood music. I know. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Tell E online to change their fucking music. All right, go ahead. Yeah, oh my Sorry, God. Ashley. Um, oh, it's okay. Um, yeah, no. So I was just gonna say that. I mean, it it ended up destroying him and my mom's relationship. Eventually, he ended up getting a job, but that was after like I had left for college and after my mom had divorced him. Um, oh goodness. So, I I definitely have sympathy and empathy for this situation but what i will say is you can't let it also destroy you right and i i am kind of that caretaker type of person um and that's why my friends have all voiced their concerns because they're like you don't need to this needs to be a relationship you don't need to take him on as a project to try and help him if you're not happy right and that that's kind of the whole reason I wrote you guys is because that's kind of where I'm at. Like, I definitely care about him. I definitely love him. But the excitement and the joy and the love that we shared in the beginning was so intense. And it's just like, ever since he lost his job, it's like completely went down. Yeah. So, yeah. That's why I said, I think he needs to get at least start looking in the job force and I know he's got some money that he's fallen back on and that's great and all, but like you said, he's not leaving the house. That's not just not healthy. Not leaving right. the house and, the and interacting thing, with people. Exactly. And the other thing that I'm afraid it hasn't happened yet, but I am afraid, you know, I, I work full time and I'm afraid at some point I'm going to feel resentful towards him for yeah. just, you know, sitting at home every day while I'm working full time to bring in a paycheck i know eventually what i know you're not married or engaged yet but are you guys sharing accounts um not accounts but we split all the bills okay i i i think this is a case where you do you have to sit down with this guy and talk to him and say he probably sees it. He's got to know. I'm sure he's not dumb. He probably knows right. that, that what your relationship was like when you probably first moved to North Carolina is not what it is today. And right. you want to get back to what it was and having more fun. And, you know, you know, he's not the most extroverted person in the world, but what he's doing now but he is was a, with me. Like, that's the thing. He was with me. Like, we connected so well. And it's like all the qualities about him that I loved in the beginning just are not there. And that's what I think I'm going to say to him is you just seem so different. Yeah. And I hope that spurs him into action. But if it doesn't, I think you also have to be prepared to be there for him in a way maybe that isn't romantic anymore. You know? Yeah, I, I think once you bring it up to him, you'll see his reaction. You'll see if he actually is just all words, if he's all talk, or if he actually follows through and tries to improve himself and improve his relationship with you. If not, I think it's a case of maybe slowly backing away and maybe saying, look, I need a break and not and not dumping it all on him at one time and saying, I'm done with you, but I need a break. Maybe if you can, I don't know if it's possible to go live back with your friend. Um 
if that's the case, then you do it that way. Because once you're out and you haven't broken up with him and you're just like separated, I guess, even though you guys aren't engaged or married, if you say, look, I'm moving out, but I still want to try things with you, but it doesn't seem to be working with me here. I, I and then, right. then you're then you're away from him, and then he's like, "Oh shit, she's actually taken the initiative to move out. If I don't get my ass in gear, I'm gonna lose her. And if he yeah. does, and if he doesn't at that point, then he's not for you. And it wasn't meant to be, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I agree. I I agree with everything you guys are saying. Good. We're great. <laughs> no, I'm glad. I'm glad. I, I think this is uh, I, this isn't a do or die and this isn't a major ultimatum and you need to lay it down and break up with him if he doesn't respond right away. This will take a little bit of time, I think. And um, and I think you'll get your answers by his actions. Definitely just he can say whatever he wants. I don't think it matters. It's this guy needs to exert some sort of just being aggressive about things, whether it's relationship right. with you or finding a job, he need, like you said, he doesn't do anything all day. He sits there and he orders food from Amazon. Although mac and cheese sounds so good right now. Um, <laughs> uh, is it what? Did, is it craft that he gets? What does he get? Velveeta? What's he? What does he do? Yeah, he likes. He got craft. <laughs> oh my God, Steve! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. First the music and now this like <laughs> mac and cheese detour. <laughs> um, all right, so I, yeah, I think I think uh, you know my final word on this would just be have the talk fairly soon. Uh, obviously, don't wait too much longer, and just kind of see where he's at. But you got to let him know how you feel, and you got to let him know that you don't feel the relationship is where it used to be. I'm sure he sees that, but maybe he'll finally admit it and be like, yeah, no, I, things have been really tough. And maybe he'll open up to you a little bit more. I mean, you won't know until you bring it up. Right. No, I appreciate your guys' insight. I needed, like, some unbiased opinion, so I really appreciate it. But any more of that controlling stuff and you get out. Yeah. Well, yeah, and it was definitely yeah. an empty threat, the, the kickball thing, because I told him, okay, well, I'm going anyway. And he obviously <laughs> didn't break up with me, so... Oh, okay. Guys, yeah, especially <laughs> kickball. I mean, kickball. Yeah, really. <laughs> Everybody plays in a work kickball league, don't they? Yeah, like, it's no big deal. Like, yeah, yeah that's. It, it, it's not even a league. It's just a one-time game. Oh, just, you know, like a team-building game, and it, it's tonight. And I told him, "You're more than welcome to come." I told him where it was. I said, "But I'm going. You can't tell me I can't go to a work event. Give me a break." Yeah, yeah. not cool. Well, Marissa, thank you for calling in. I appreciate it, and uh, I hope things uh, I hope things get better. Give it a little bit of time, but definitely uh, have the talk soon with him. Absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, you guys. You got of it. Of course. I appreciate it. All right. Well, that was Marissa, Ashley, and, um, you know, other than making me hungry during that phone call, she is in a situation where, I mean – this is all on him. I mean, if he doesn't change his behavior, she has every right to leave and she shouldn't feel bad about it for a second. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I can, I can sympathize with him so much. Like I said, I have that situation. My dad, I suffer from depression and I've been in some ruts before where I'm like, I can't believe Steve stays with me like where I can't get out of bed. And I know I'm being awful, but also I don't know. I, I just feel like their relationship is not in that place yet. 
they're they're too new and that's just a lot for her to deal with and she's only known he him just for does, 15 months that's what i'm saying and i don't know i just i don't like that controlling stuff it it seems like to me that she kind of already knows what she has to do um i i think it's more just she is scared about his mental state she's scared what'll happen if she leaves and at the end of the day, she can't be unhappy because of him. Yeah, and unfortunately, it just doesn't sound like this guy has any motivation right now. And it does suck because you're like, hey, if you don't change your motivation, I, I don't want to be with you. And then if somebody were to leave him, uh, it would probably send him into even worse funk. It's like, oh, uh, just... I lost my job. Now I lost my girl. Like it just feels like he's being probably feels like he's being piled on and oh, nothing can go right. But at some point you have to take ownership of your own shit. And yeah, he's I mean, he was on a job for 20 years as a probation officer. It sounds like I mean, if he doesn't want to do that, that's fine. But there is other stuff for, out there for him to do. He's got to get on something, you know, Um but hopefully Marissa gets through that and has the talk with him and they uh they work it out either one way or another like he i'd love to hear her tell us later on down the road that he really has he's really has changed and he's really starting to make an effort it doesn't sound like that's what this is built within this guy but i mean that's what we'd like to hear so we'll we'll see what happens but that that'll be it for uh, episode eight thank you to our first caller dana in tampa and then marissa in north carolina i really appreciate those calls ashley good job again for you and, Good uh, job. I hope you get some mac and cheese. I know. <laughs> I'm so like now I'm gonna get like restaurant mac and cheese for lunch now because I have not. As we're recording this, I haven't eaten lunch yet, so um, I have to go eat. Uh, you gonna post made it? Uh, no, I'm not gonna do that. <laughs> uh, what else is going on? Oh, okay, so that'll be it. That'll do it for um, episode eight of the He Said She Said podcast. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. We will be back uh, in two weeks. We don't have anyone lined up just yet for our next episode, episode number nine. So if you want to be a part of it, email myself or email Ashley. Let us know your situation. Let us know what time zone you're in and the best times of the day that you can record. And we'll get that done for you. We'll figure out a way uh, to record it. Ashley and I's schedules are pretty flexible. So we'll be able to do that for you. And you can be a part of episode nine or even any other episode in the future. And it could be... You know, we've had somebody, we've had people come to us and say, well, yeah, I didn't think my, I didn't, I didn't feel like calling in or talking to you guys because I didn't feel like my issue was that big of a deal because you guys have had suicide and depression and stuff like that. It's like, no, we'll take anything. I mean, yeah, it's, right. it's fun to every once in a while have a lighthearted one uh, about I agree. whatever, wedding planning, uh, like last episode. But um, I just, you know, we and we love hearing, and trust me, we've gotten responses. Ashley has gotten emails. I've gotten emails from people that just like listening because maybe your topic relates to somebody out there that's listening, and it triggers something with them, and they're like, oh, wow, that's how they handled that. And we've gotten it. I mean, Ashley, I know you've gotten responses from people who have been listening to the podcast and have said, oh, my God, I heard that lady, and that's exactly what I'm going through or something like that. Yeah, like I can't tell you how fulfilling of an experience this has been. Just some of the emails I get um, that listening to the podcast has either touched people or 
previous callers who the situation has gotten better for them. I love getting those. Um, one thing I will say too, I even appreciate the criticism. <laughs> you know, we've gotten a couple of criticizing emails and yeah. I appreciate any sort of feedback from these calls. Um, one thing I was going to say too, though, if you don't want to email us, you can DM or Instagram DM. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Any way of contacting us. Uh, yeah. That's fine. Cause we, I'd say about, we've done eight shows. There's been, I think basically two calls every show. So we've had about 16 callers and I'd say it's been 50, 50 of people that actually used their real name on the podcast. And we don't talk about, Hey, this person's using a different name. It doesn't matter. I mean, you're a real person. Right. That's all we care about. We care about your situation. If you want to remain anonymous, we absolutely will respect that. And you can come up with a different name and a different city or keep your name, but different city, whatever you want to do. It doesn't matter to us. We just want to hear your story and, uh, and go from there. Cause it doesn't, we don't want if if you want to remain anonymous because you think somebody might listen or recognize you, whatever the case may be, uh, that's fine. We can go with that. So, yeah. If same goes for email, like reaching out to us. If you don't even want us to know your name, that's fine. Um, just know that to be on the show, you just have to be a real person and not a bot. <laughs> and, and have uh, Skype. Yeah, and have Skype and have a voice. Uh, that's really it. Uh, that's the only qualifications to get on the show. Be a human being, uh, have a Skype account, and uh, have a voice. That's it. So I have a request, though. When are we going to have a dude on the show? I know. We've had none, right? Have we had any? None. Zero. We have one that has contacted me, and we were supposed to record one night, and you got tied up at work. Oh, yeah. And I've gone back to him, and I'm just waiting to hear back from him. But he is uh, – we do have one – Possibly in the queue, lined up, ready to go. I just we just need to work out a time where we can record it, unless he, unless he doesn't want to do it anymore. I did reach out to him a couple of days ago and I haven't heard back. So, um, yeah, dudes, by all means, where are you at? Yeah, <laughs> what, what? It's, it can't be only women that have problems. Uh, it's uh, I'm sure guys out there are having issues with their wives or their girlfriends or their mistresses. Hey, whatever. Uh, let me know. Let us know. We'll, uh, we'll definitely take on all callers. So that'll do it for Episode 8. Thank you very much, Ashley. Thank you all for listening. And uh, until next week, or until two weeks from now, Episode 9, uh, we will talk to you later. See ya. He's telling me no. He's dragging me down. He's leading me on and stringing around.